0: Welcome back to the Always Forward Podcast with my wife. What's up, lady?
1: Oh, I can't bang on the table again. I always forget that.
0: Uh, you can bang on the table.
1: Are we ready? was this going? Or oh, we're, we're live. live. Oh, okay, cool.
0: Welcome to the, welcome to the table. It's oh, been a nice. while. It's
1: been a minute. It, yeah. Almost a year.
0: She gave me a black eye. That's why I'm wearing shades.
1: Babe. Let's just be a little bit more careful what we talk shit about in public.
0: <laughs> that was my Gators plug. <laughs> nice. I
1: hope everybody went there on Black Friday cuz that was insane. They did 25% off.
0: Yeah, they're running something now, I think, too. Oh, dope. Yeah. Not 100% sure what it is, but yeah.
1: Go over there, and check it out.
0: Um So what are we going to talk about today?
1: Um honestly, I think one of the big things I like to kind of do a New Year's podcast with you every year, right? But this one's kind of preemptive. To New Year's, so I think it's good if we talk about stuff that people deal a lot with around this time of year.
0: I think I'm just going to record a bunch of pre-stuff because I don't want to work over the holidays. Pre-stuff? Like, I'm going to record some things.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. Just wanna... going Anything you want to bring up, just I'll be your bouncing board <laughs> so you can use these for clips for other stuff. Perfect. Yeah, no problem. I got you, babe.
0: No, there's some things that you wanted to bring up. Well, I did. I want about we've truck. been
1: talking about it a ton and I really really think it's a good it's a good time of year to talk about it. Um as somebody who struggled a ton with anxiety, I would say I struggled some with depression in my life, but very like you know, I think there's two different kinds of depression I feel like. Maybe this isn't scientific, but this is just in my opinion.
0: It's like my opinion, man. Yeah, like yeah.
1: there's depression that people deal with and they can't identify why, and it's prolonged, right, for a long time. And then there's depression. I feel like that people deal with, that is very specific to something that's going on. And you just, it's almost just sadness, but you could say you feel oppressed or depressed.
0: There is a, there is a, like a clinical version. Mm-hmm. Like there's a chemical imbalance in your, like at, at, for instance, low testosterone will cause depression. That's a chemical in your body that's causing you know, lack of dopamine. But then there's also the other ones that that is you're depressed because grief. Well, I was I was more like your lifestyle. Yeah. You're you're seeking pleasure, you're you're not purpose driven, you don't have goals. The guy that's, you know, you don't get very I don't get depressed very much. I don't have time to even think about it. And a lot of times people are thinking about the past. So it's a it's a it's a mental thing as far as like thinking about things that have happened in the past. And, um, so yeah, there, there's a couple different versions of it. Um, one is a chemical thing and the other one is a mental situation, but yeah. And
1: I mean, it's not to say that if you're dealing with the mental things that that can't affect your chemical imbalance in your brain, but I do think it's, there is something that's identifiable, um, that you can say, okay, this is why I'm just really dealing with sadness or this is why I'm really upset. And so one of the things- Getting a
0: twitch thinking about it. <laughs> I'm to yell at the microphone now and yell at people.
1: Well, to, just to be fair, right? Like, because we both dealt with that, like that version of sadness or depression where it's something that's we're struggling with and we can't get past. And I truly, truly believe, like you said, it's something where you're thinking about the past or dwelling on the past because yeah. there is a difference between thinking about something sad and feeling sadness because mm-hmm. that is 100% like normal Mm -hmm. and then there's dwelling there and setting up a tent and living there yeah
0: that's where i get a little little fired up because everybody's like well i'm dealing with depression okay dude what are you doing about it well nothing well no shit Mm -hmm. like get off the couch go work out like papa swolio go to the fucking gym Mm -hmm. That that will fix a lot of shit a lot go to the gym
1: yes so Okay, and that also being said, I, I think one of the most common reasons for depression, maybe especially amongst women, but overall has a lot to do with I think the word would be like letting your life or your circumstances um sweep sweep you away to where you are fast forward 10-15 years down the road and you're in the same spot. Your life is stuck. You're stuck. And that is something I personally have felt a sense of depression about. Feeling as though I explain stuck. that
0: because I'm like when I look at your life, the last fifteen years nothing has been the same. Like no. you didn't you are not where you are now fifteen like fifteen years no, ago. No, for sure. And but you haven't been. No. Everything's been different. Mm-mm. No constantly. But
1: but there was a period where I struggled with it of about seven, eight years mm. where I was stuck
0: is that mentally, because emotionally, were, physically. Because you were talking, you were, you were dreading on the past. You're like holding on to the past. I
1: know. I really think it's because I was, I was stuck and not able to fulfill anything that I wanted to do with my life.
0: And maybe drinking?
1: Drinking for sure compounded it. But like, this is what I'll say. So- In, let's say, those kinds of circumstances where you're dealing with feeling stuck. Because I know a lot of people feel stuck. Like When you talk about purpose and even just pleasure over purpose and all these things, Mm -hmm. people are like, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't know my purpose. I don't know my
0: purpose. So go to the fucking gym.
1: (laughs) It's there. It's at the gym. (laughs) Your purpose is at the gym. No. Really, truly... You, let's say you start on a road after high school of my life. I could do anything. I could be anyone. I could go anywhere. And you have this endless possibilities for yourself. And then as you realize how hard it is to do certain things, or maybe you do start drinking, Mm -hmm. you start wasting some of your life. It's like five years goes by and you're like, I have not done anything. I'm still waitressing. I'm still Mm -hmm. bartending. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have... Um,
0: I talk about this with the agogi people all the time.
1: Right. And it's yeah. it's so...
0: That's how I get them, though. I'm like, does your life look like Groundhog Day? <laughs> Join the Yagogi. <laughs> we will stack wins.
1: One thing that Dr. Jim Richards says, um, if you don't know Dr. Jim Richards, Impact Ministries is awesome, but um, one thing he says is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is who you marry because it will affect you for the rest of your life whether you move forward or you go nowhere mm-hmm. married or in a long term relationship yeah the person that you choose to accompany you down the road will determine how far you go
0: i 100 percent believe that okay yeah
1: so i've been <laughs> divorced <laughs> twice this is my third marriage and i can Are say you going on a third divorce you're working on a would third. You stop <laughs> i can honestly say that The majority of, not putting my issues off on anyone else, but the majority of my being stuck or feeling stuck was attributed to the person that I was married to in those cases. Mm -hmm. I And my second marriage was the time when I struggled a lot with depression. And I think a lot of it was because I grew up with these incredible parents and I had a great childhood and all that. And I did missions work all through my teen years and I... You know, had a lot of things going on.
0: Shout, out, shout out to the Capras.
1: I know they're listening, so make sure they know how how awesome I think they are. No, but they, they um, definitely gave me so much opportunities, and they didn't have a lot. They didn't have money or anything, so it was like – the opportunities that they gave me were...
0: Well, I mean, they. your dad worked... His butt off. He worked his butt off. Construction, yeah, roofing houses. To give you guys a good life. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: I grew up like that, and, and I literally don't think I had ever been in the country for an entire year. Growing up, we did missions work out of the country three, four, five times a year. I was, I was all over the world. By the time I was 16, I'd been in, like, seven, eight, nine countries yeah. doing missions work. So... After that, when I got married to my second husband and he had three kids, my life just kind of came to a huge halt.
0: You're doing Groundhog Day.
1: I was, well, and I was raising his kids um, and I just kind of got stuck there mm-hmm. and a lot of it did have to do with alcohol and I kind of come out of partying after, you know, some of that and so I just was in that position of feeling like I didn't really know where I was supposed to go, my purpose what that was. Mm-hmm. And like you always say, when you get into that position of seeking pleasure over purpose, then you are inevitably unsatiated. There is no way to fill that void that you're having.
0: No, it just keeps going. And then you got hurt. And then they gave you pills because you got hurt. Your hip got hurt.
1: Yeah, I, I would <laughs> at the time, I, I think I'd we were really our marriage was like really on the fringe at that point and I was struggling so much and I was looking for an out I was drinking almost every night just because I was like oh my god um, and I stress got a stress fracture doing CrossFit I was going to the gym and I thought that would help me so much and it did in a lot of ways but CrossFit you know how that goes you get hurt so I got a stress fracture in my hip and they gave me some pills and then that started me down the road of popping pills on top of everything else. And
0: you That's get, when you got your mom bod. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nice and soft. Cush. You and and then for me personally somebody who's always been very interested in fitness and wanting to look good and I always wanted to do bikini competitions and all these different things, I just looked like a butterball, like yeah. just like a Kansas butterball. And that
0: Welcome to the Midwest. Yeah. Now I'm here.
1: And ultimately, truthfully, I think there's something to be said for violating your own sense of values.
0: Yeah.
1: So if I'm somebody who cares about fitness and nutrition and health and I'm constantly saying that that's what I care about, but then I'm doing the opposite. I'm mm-hmm. eating shit. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, popping pills. I'm smoking cigarettes. I'm drinking alcohol. You're literally violating your own sense of values and your own conscience. But you're having fun. I was having some fun at the time and then as soon as it wore off in the moment in the moment as soon as it wore off i wasn't having fun yeah um and then you feel stuck and you start to have this sense of i don't believe in myself anymore i don't Mm -hmm. believe in the things that i'm saying and whether or not you can actually like understand that that's what you're doing your subconscious knows that what you're saying and what you're doing are two different things and you're violating what you're saying and what with what you're doing and it doesn't even believe you. You don't believe yourself. Yeah. When that happens, I think there's a disconnect and in some ways you just start to self-sabotage because you no longer believe the things you're saying, the things that come out of your mouth. And if you've ever met somebody that's like, <laughs> it's really sad, but it's, I mean, everybody's seen the memes even of, like, the fat guy giving people, like, advice at the gym. Right? Mm -hmm. Or the guy who's, like, trying to give, like, parenting advice and his kids hate him. Or the guy that's trying to give marriage advice and he's not even married. Or whatever it may be. We've all been there. We've all seen that. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think what that kind of comes down to is just... A prolonged period of having a vision for your life, of having an idea of who you are and what you want, and then not putting that plan in place to execute it. So you no longer believe yourself and you just violate your conscience every day and you start to self sabotage.
0: Well, and you can't, you're not keeping your promises to yourself. Right. And if you can't keep your promise to yourself, you think you're going to make, you're going to keep promises to other people. Right. Nope. And no,
1: and, and most likely people won't really believe you anyways. Cause if you're somebody that's constantly talking about health and nutrition and fitness, and then you're smoking cigarettes you're off.
0: A f- you're a flake. Right. Yeah. Then when it's going to take you seriously.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think, um, for me specifically that over time created a lot of self-loathing, a lack of purpose, a lack of drive.
0: Internally. Internally. Yeah, not not externally. Not what people saw necessarily, right. but just what you were dealing with privately.
1: And 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 brain fog yeah. from drinking a lot. Honestly, you know, I would say because I just did finish this bikini competition. Mm-hmm. Woo! Um, I just finished a bikini competition for everybody who doesn't know that. Um, we did about a six-month cut mm-hmm. for me to get down to probably the best shape i've ever been in in my life yeah
0: don't don't do six months what were you at a year out
1: a year out
0: a year out what do you mean what was your like i don't know if you know, share but your weight
1: my weight yeah mm, i don't think my weight matters how about we talk about body fat
0: because my fat weight wasn't
1: out? that crazy of a change it was
0: right towards i mean the end right towards the end
1: obviously for my cut but yeah. my body fat um, at the beginning of my cut, at six months or before.
0: Well, you were you were a year out from. Dimitri was a year old at mm-hmm, this point. Mm-hmm. Where were you at physically?
1: Um, I think I checked the other day. Um, at twelve months postpartum, I weighed about one fifty, I think, but my body fat was twenty five percent.
0: That low? That you think it was that low? Yeah, it was. Okay,
1: twenty five percent. Which we'll, you say that's that well, That's a lot. I mean, yeah, that's sure. pounds of fat. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I get it, but I mean, coming off a of bait I don't know. I give a lot of leeway to women who Okay, have okay. I'll tell you children. this:
1: first month postpartum, yeah, my body fat was thirty-five percent. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um. Within the first year, I got it down to twenty-five percent. Okay, body and then, fat,
0: and then from year to your competition, and then
1: right before I started my cut, mm-hmm. I started my cut. Um, six months before, so about May of this year, I was at 22% body fat.
0: Okay. So in six months you went from 25 to 22.
1: Right. And then, and in another six months I went from 22 to 16.
0: Yeah. And then your weight with at the end was
1: 120. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think I've weighed that since I was in high school. And yeah. even then it was like, you're about- not
0: there. You're not that anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. Today I'm, I think I was like 127 or something. Yeah. But like still, Best shape I've ever been in in my life, 37 years old after having a kid, two years after having a kid. So
0: bringing this back to like how you feel in depression and all this kind of stuff. So in that journey, and you can tell me whatever, you can tell me at a year out, you can tell me at six months out, but did you see a progression of improved cognitive ability, improved brain, improved energy, um, less depression, more dopamine, like feeling better about yourself? Like where did that curve start to happen?
1: I can tell you for myself, but I mean, you would be the only person who could who could tell anyone for from an. You were angry at
0: the end. I don't want to talk about <laughs> the end. I didn't like that. I was like, we're never doing one of these conversations. We're never doing one of these competitions again. Honestly, it, it, Allie's being a bitch all the time.
1: <laughs> the reason I got it gets a little frustrating at the end is it honestly wasn't that bad calorically. What started to happen was at the end I was getting a little freaked because I was storing water in certain places and I was starting to kind of panic and I was worried it wasn't going to all was come like, together.
0: Ugh, stop.
1: But before that, I
0: was like, I support you, babe. You're doing great. Great job. Oh, positive I, energy. Positive energy. I can't <laughs> wait this to be over.
1: <laughs> um. So I think probably, you know, coming out of all that postpartum, I was just, it was so new for me. I was trying to like deal with the breastfeeding piece and how much I needed calorically to Put on muscle while mm. breastfeeding, which is a really difficult thing to do. So I would say, really truthfully, my even though I was training and trying to eat right and mm-hmm. tracking and all that postpartum, really at one year postpartum after breastfeeding and all that stuff, was I really able to like make the comp the body composition change mm-hmm. because I stopped breastfeeding? It takes. But,
0: but when did that? When did you, from your point of view, when did you start seeing? or feeling better.
1: So, quite honestly, I will say, you know, it's nice to lose weight postpartum and it feels good. It feels like you're making big changes and that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm very hard on myself and I know exactly how I want to look. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not one of those people that's like, "Oh, I'm never satisfied with my body." I don't like feel like I'm ever going to look the way I want to look. I'm not one of those people. I know exactly how I want to fucking look. And when I'm there, I'm like, I look fucking exactly how I want to (laughs) look. And there's always things like skin and you can't do anything about, but I'm not one of those people that's like never satisfied with my physique. I'm like, I look good, you know? So that was a place for me. And I knew exactly what that looked like in my mind. And so I would say, you know, when I hit that, that felt really good, but, the whole journey of doing the comp itself and starting to cut for it and train for it and that 6 month 22 week process or whatever made me feel good right when i started it because for f- i was finally so, on so, track
0: so it wasn't the results it wasn't the results you just felt less depressed because you were on mission yep kind of mm-hmm. in my terminology mm-hmm.
1: i had a plan too not just a goal. And when you have a goal and you you keep not reaching it, that's, that's where so internally
0: me, you felt better just by being on a plan, being on a plan. Okay.
1: For me, that's exactly where it starts. It's like, I know exactly where I'm going and I just need to know how to get there. And I think that's probably one of the things that most people, especially women struggle with is because you set goals for yourself and you have no idea how to get there. And if you think that you know how to get there and you keep failing at it, then you need help and you need help.
0: (sighs) God, you're going to get me all. worked (laughs) up.
1: But for me, that was a major thing, right? Getting the plan and just having that in and of itself, knowing that I no longer had guesswork, but that I actually could execute this was like, I'm on mission. And this is like, I'm on purpose. This this is on purpose. This whole, this whole journey. So that was awesome. But then what really started to just alter my brain was coming off alcohol. And I, like I said, you know.
0: I was so happy when you did that.
1: I'm not saying that I never have a drink the rest of my life or I can't have. If I have
0: anything to do about it.
1: <laughs> I mean, like having a little bit of wine once in a blue moon, I whatever. Your choices are your choices. But for me, coming off of that for six months. I don't think I've ever felt so aware Mm
0: -hmm.
1: of myself.
0: Yeah. Why is that?
1: Coming through like um, the mommy wine culture, which is so damaging. The fact that people joke about it, like my kids are so fucking crazy. I'm going to go have a glass of wine like every night.
0: How about you just go to the fucking gym?
1: It's so sick and toxic <laughs> because what we're talking about is women keeping an extra fifteen to twenty pounds of body fat on their body because they can't eliminate a substance. No,
0: it's because of their hormones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> their hormones are fucked because of the substance. Um that whole thing for me, like was just I need to unwind and this is how I do it. So it was I wasn't an alcoholic and The amount of drinks I had, but I can say there was a problem for how frequently I drank
0: Okay, so here's here's I had to I gotta put this on the man side of things because our like right ninety five percent male listeners. Okay, your wife is one of those people, and the man's like not into it, and because there's a couple things I want to get into, and we're we're treading that we're trending that direction. What do you do? What do you tell? I know what I did.
1: You squawked about it for a couple of years.
0: Well, that, but I also just stopped. Yeah. And, and I just, and I yeah, never it did it. it
1: came to where.
0: You were even like, let's do a motion. I was like, nah, mm mm-hmm. And then good. it's
1: like, mm, I'm going to have this by myself. That's going to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, the, the biggest thing I can say is there's always a route to that problem. And probably dealing with the root is going to be more beneficial than dealing with the like overall just symptoms of the problem that's a
0: good point but that's like that's kind of difficult to get into like like give me something tan you know how i am yeah uh, as a man
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know what did i do that worked with you or what did what could a guy do that would that could be taken from a wife not you know, like not to where it's like, it's going to blow up in their I face. I mean, okay, so
1: there's two ways. There's like a healthy, responsible, adult, mature way. <laughs> and then there's like a game way. And I I will say this. I don't think you were playing games with me. But I was
0: not playing games. No,
1: but I mean, it definitely snapped my ass out of it a little bit. Is because you, well, for one, this is all kind of funny that worked out this way. You got in crazy good shape. And we'd gone from kind of both just like staying a little fluffy, to like you being shredded and I just had a baby.
0: Well, we started. This happened in 2017, but then yeah, like while you were pregnant, I even gotten better shape. He had
1: like six pack abs, and I was like enormous pregnant.
0: So those are great photos. By yeah, the getting way.
1: getting <laughs> out uh, getting out of postpartum, I was like, I got to catch up. Like he looks amazing, and. I don't want to be the fat partner.
0: You don't want to be the fat mom?
1: (laughs) I don't want to be the fat mom for the next six years. Well, part of it that. But then you brought up um, wanting to compete in that bodybuilding competition, the fitness competition. And that's something I've always wanted to do.
0: Yeah, but you quit drinking before that. So that's what did I do that made you go, "Mm, I'm going to do this? Was that it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't stop drinking before that.
0: Oh, I thought you did.
1: Not really. I mean, I drank less and less. Having Dimitri really helped me just stop drinking less and less because I didn't drink when I was pregnant. And then coming, like, this much wine every once in a blue moon. But, like, then being postpartum, breastfeeding, and just being awake trying to take care of a baby. And, like, I just did not want to be a liability. And and
0: to give people some perspective when Allie and I met.
1: Oh, I was the life of the party.
0: Well, I'm not putting it all on you, babe. Like we,
1: we, we were four loco kind of people.
0: We were hammering down.
1: <laughs> we like, were throwing down.
0: Yeah, got ga- yeah, whiskey. Foot on the gas pedal. Vodka all, all the way to the bottom. Shots, yeah. shots, yeah. shots, shots. We were.
1: I t- mean, we were both going through divorces too at the time, and so yeah. we were just we were. We were drinking to escape. We were drinking to have fun. We were drinking to. Yeah,
0: I would just got, you know, just freshly gotten out of the military and some other stuff. And con- I think I just finished contracting when we started talking or shortly after that. And, um, yeah, man, what a rough time. But,
1: but quite honestly, I don't necessarily think it was something you did specifically. I think okay. it was also just.
0: I remember telling you that I was like, hey, I don't really like you.
1: Drinking. But you told me that when we were first together you I were, were telling me with you yeah but you were like but you are mean <laughs> <laughs> you drink too much and you're mean Th-
0: three drink alley is not fun
1: oh, yeah um so like i said it wasn't that i was drinking um some crazy amount of drinks i would maybe have two drinks but it was just i was having two drinks several nights a week yeah like you know what i mean it just became mommy wine culture well so but once i had dmitri and i just realized how much of a responsibility it was to have a whole person in your care, and that I just didn't want to be a liability ever. Yeah. I didn't want to be a liability for you. I didn't want to be a liability for him. I wanted to be ready, physically fit, and able to address any threat that ever came, you know, our mm-hmm. way at any point. And that meant like we go out to dinner and I have a drink and some. I'm like tipsy and then something went down. Yeah, like nope that that ain't happening. Yeah, that ain't gonna be me. I'm going to be very, very aware and strong and ready for anything. And then not to mention that also, I just having a a son really gave me that sense of purpose that I just wanted him to see me as strong and healthy and like the best version of myself Mm -hmm. for the rest of his life. I never wanted him to see me like a liability, sloppy messy, drunk. It's not how I want my kids to see me. So that really did it for me. It just took me a while to grasp. That's the sense of that coming over me.
0: So then as far as the man, again, going back to that.
1: So going back to that, so you might have consistently,
0: just if you're going to lead the way, this is what I tell people. I'm like, you got to set the standard mm -hmm. initially.
1: Mm hmm. I think there's like I said two ways. One would be you stopping, you looking amazing, you getting in the best shape of your life and just seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing if she she is like, "All right, here we go." Yeah. Cuz most women will. If your husband starts to look like Yeah.
0: He you,
1: you don't want to not look like that as well, right? Mm-hmm. So that'd be part of it. Then or the mature, super evolved version would be to talk to your spouse about goals and plans and a future and how you see yourself in the future in a I want to do this
0: see I think that's where I think that's where being married to the right person matters the most and like because like what's I could see like with you and I you and I can sit down and go, okay, this, what are we going to do for the next year? What are we going to do for our goals? How are we going to like accomplish all these things together? And then you can, we can have that conversation either individual goals, collective goals, you know, whatever we can have that conversation. I think a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of women see that as almost like a threat. Yeah. And then like they get insecure, you know, if they don't have their own thing or they're not goal driven and it, and then that's not a partnership. Mm -hmm. That's a, I don't know, a domestic friendship, <laughs> not even a friendship because you're not even like you friends. become at odds for yeah. sure.
1: So that's where it's like, that would be if every, if both parties were emotionally intelligent and super confident and secure in their relationship and with one another, and they could have that talk. Mm-hmm. Granted, that's also how you have that talk with somebody if they're overweight and you want them to lose weight, mm-hmm. but we're all insecure insecure. And we're all just humans and we have our flaws. So it's, it is, that would be evolved, but I don't know that that always works for everybody. It should.
0: So, because the, re- the reason why I'm bringing it up is because, you know, we get guys with the agogi and, and several women as well. Um, you know, a handful of some badass females. Um, but this typically seems to happen with men where, you get a guy who's overweight, living by pleasure, just really being like a fucked up man. Yeah, father, husband, man in general. Just you know, getting unhealthy. Got type two diabetes, hypertension. Works, comes home, doesn't have energy to play with the kids and the wife. The wife's not really happy about it either because he just is a lump on the log, right? And uh, and we're just you just he's going through the groundhog day, right? Mm-hmm. Wakes up, does the thing. Every day is the same, right? And that's why that's why they get to be you know putting on fifteen pounds a year, and the next thing you know they're three hundred pounds and et cetera. So they sign up with us, and all of a sudden they start living with purpose. They're on routine. They're waking up early. They're working out. They get their hormone street. They're on it. They're on a strict macronutrient diet to where they're like building muscle, losing fat, and their whole life is on fire. It changes their life. They learn that their their life is of servitude. They're trying to serve their wife. They serve their serve their kids. And the wife gets insecure. Now we've had multiple, multiple men who get focused, get in shape, stop living for themselves, and start living for their family. And it might not always look that way, but it is. It's like you have to be your very best version so that you have the energy to do the things, and then also make the money to provide for them. And you know, it's it's all very, it's a lot. You know, we don't really get an off day. Um, you do all that. Mm-hmm. And then the wife is insecure and you guys drift apart because she's not doing the same thing. She's not. Growing. Yeah.
1: And I think so for you, you did it first. Yeah. You totally. And and I think pro- probably part of us, both of us were kind of when we met sort of in that adult adolescent Cycle of a divorce where you just kind of are like, like shoot from the hip, party your ass off, and kind of just don't care about anybody. I think, mine but was,
0: I think mine was most. I mean, there was that, but it was also like, because when we met, I really because I stopped contracting. It's really where my transition kind of started. Yeah. From post military.
1: Yeah. So p- partially could be that, but even if you're coming out of a marriage that's long. Sometimes it's just that. I mean, whatever. We were both freedom. there. Yeah, Freedom.
0: It was freedom in general for life for the first yeah, time. We
1: yeah. We were both kind of living... Ten, year, ten years ago. ...pleasure driven. And then you first started to really, really change things. And then Dimitri was born, and I was like, yep, this is my reason.
0: So it wasn't me. It was Dimitri. God, he gets it again. The kid <laughs> wins everything.
1: Uh, no, you definitely... Because you, like you said, you say it all the time. Set the tone. You're the head of the household. Um, and and that, for me, really makes a difference. Having a partner. And I know that's so hard because you can't change people. No. But having a partner on the same page with you. And is we were like,
0: always kind of on the same page. Even on the party And, and the side, bad side, yeah, and yeah. the bad side, too. We were just, let's do it together. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, one thing I can say is men... If you're doing it, if you're really doing it, if you've changed your life, if you've started to live with purpose, if you're Mm -hmm. on track, you and your spouse is feeling a little insecure about it, you having like a heart-to-heart conversation with her, asking questions and not telling her things Mm -hmm. can make a big difference. Asking questions about her sense of purpose and where she finds that. Yeah. Asking questions about her reasons, her why. Why do you want to be the best version of yourself? What does that look like for you? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Those three things, what is your why? What makes you feel like your purpose? Mm-hmm. And how can I help you can like break the ice and let her kind of maybe just start to even think about those questions herself. Because for me, it took me 37 years to determine how tough I was yeah. mentally. And part of that came with having a kid. I don't think I saw myself as serious. I don't think I took myself seriously.
0: Okay, kept promises to yourself. Yeah,
1: I sort of saw myself as artsy and fun. Fun. I don't think I saw myself as somebody who could follow through with anything.
0: Mm. You got a bigger reason to live. Bigger reason to be better
1: that's sort of your why yeah and finding your purpose finding your sense of stuff like what are you fucking made of yeah you know going through childbirth having a kid a baby dealing with that losing the weight all that stuff like it seems like no big deal. Everybody's been doing it since the beginning of time. Yeah. But it really showed me that I can take myself seriously and I can make a plan and and pull it together and do something hard and not be a bit, little bitch about it.
0: Well, I mean, that's where it comes down. I mean, we talk about it on this thing all the time, about doing hard things. It's not just for men. I mean, women should be doing hard things too because it changes your... Your, self-perception yeah you're changes your self-perception but it changes your mental level of what you're able to handle in life
1: it's it's really really sad to me that so many women don't move forward with any plans or goals because they have insecurities in their own abilities so many women are not developing themselves. And that makes them have a sense of insecurity about their own abilities, their own skill set, and rightfully so because okay. you've so, developed yourself. Yeah.
0: So now taking back to what I was saying, you get a guy who's like on the on the come up, and he's like, "Holy shit, man! I went from three hundred pounds to two hundred pounds. Um, I, you know, I'm li- I'm living by a routine. I feel great. I'm I'm making more money." i've got more time i'm like i want to you know i'm stoked to be around my family again i'm stoked to be around my kids again and the wife's just like
1: it really is so sad yeah that that is happening because it's like somebody is growing and you're resentful of it right
0: and i think that's what it is if you don't grow together you're gonna grow apart
1: you start to feel resentful. Did you
0: feel like you were growing apart from me when I started to get all of my shit together?
1: Um, I don't think I felt like I was growing apart from you. I didn't feel, but that I way. felt behind. Oh, okay. If that makes any sense, I didn't feel like we were growing apart because we still were.
0: Because you're not competitive anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I we did. Have a, I we feel- have an ongoing joke. She says I'm competitive. I'm like, I'm not competitive at all. I've never been. I've never competed in anything. Um, and she's like, you're the most competitive person. I'm like, says I'm
1: Mr. Selection and everything else, every other process you put. It's an some...
0: individual thing. That's a total yeah, individual sure. thing. Yeah. I competing against someone. Well,
1: you're competing for a spot. <laughs> um, no, I think ultimately if that's the case, obviously that's a big deal. Yeah. Like that's, I hate to say it, but a lot of that it's like a deal breaker. If you're with somebody that's resentful of your growth, that's hard,
0: right? That's horrible. It's it's sad to say, but the reality is, like, what are you gonna do with that? But
1: those are real emotions, like right. that she's dealing with.
0: Yeah, of course. And
1: they need to be addressed and identified as well.
0: Old Snoop Dogg, I, old Snoop Dogg broke it down the best. The whole gap effect, and that's just like you've seen that video. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's, and it's what happens. It happens to people that are successful. It happens to people that become more successful and they start losing friends because their friends either become resentful or, you know, insecure about the Their other own person's. family. You're, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and it, it is. It's the come up. You start coming up. And if the people don't come with you, then you either got to come back down to them. So if, if you think about it, you're three, 400 pounds. You lose all this weight. Your wife's like, I don't like this version of you like what do i do stop start living by pleasure again and gain all the weight back so i can just go back to groundhog day until i put a shotgun in my mouth and blow my brains out like what's the option here
1: that's why i think it's so important that you if that is you and you're in that position that you're really able to kind of address that what that is why are you feeling this way yeah have I done something to make you feel this way? Is there something specific you're afraid of? Yeah. You know, do you want to do this with me? Right. Cause that might be, you know, in some ways, sometimes you and I deal with that and it's like, I just want you to ask me to come with you. Like last night, I don't know if anybody, if you haven't watched the most recent episode of Yellowstone, what is, which episode was that last night? I have no idea. Okay. So last night's episode, this is a spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, cover your ears. Yes. Yeah. Earmuffs. Beth wants to go with them to go to the branding.
0: That was the funniest scene, (laughs) and I, I I like, I so identified. I know you probably knew that I I was. I knew you
1: were identifying with it because I was feeling it, and I knew what she felt.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, this woman is insane. First of all, she is insane. But I'm like, she's your
1: favorite character.
0: (gasps) I know, I know. Which is funny because she's my favorite character, Uh and Rips your favorite character. But anyways. 100% 100% it was like she like I want to go and he's like no she's be- like
1: I don't want to say that I want to go I'm wanting want you, to- <laughs> you to ask me to go and I want you to want me to go you don't want me to go
0: and I'm like and I'm, I'm hearing him and I'm like this is on horseback they have no food it's no cold water it's, it's cold there's no tents they're sleeping on the ground like, this is going to be a really shitty... And everybody's going to be
1: telling her what to do, and she hates being told what yeah, to do. Yeah, this going to
0: be a really shitty three days, not really a place for you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You hate it. Yeah. You hate this. I'm
1: telling you you're going to hate and it. And
0: now you want me to come with me to make my life more hard about how it's going to be.
1: <laughs> I'm in charge of all these people, and you want to be a part of it.
0: To, to add another layer yeah. to, to the bullshit that I'm going to have yeah. to deal with for the next three days. Yeah. And that so, sounds super fun, babe. But he, I, I totally <laughs> want you to come on this trip. <laughs> And uh, and and do that in man country because this is gonna be man time.
1: Yeah, but I sometimes just want you to to want to invite to want, me to, to, yeah. to want me to come. I get so it. So maybe it is just that maybe <laughs> somebody like oh who is maybe your wife has been supporting you through all of your legitimately thick and thin. Yeah, you're fat. <laughs> you were fat, and now you're not. She supported you all along the way. Maybe she wants you to talk to her about coming and doing it with you. Yeah. And not from the sake of, oh, you're fat too. You need to do it. But just this is we, a
0: goal. I will say that the people that have done, not everyone, not everyone. It's not across the board. There's a lot of women that say, man, you've changed our lives and you've helped in a lot. Of it. But the, the ones that really, the ones that I really see thrive are the ones that do it together. And you it's just I mean? like
1: you said, you know, this is something that's so important for people to understand. And I wish it wasn't such a, I wish that. Fitness and health and all of that wasn't such a body shaming weird
0: oh, thing. That's ridiculous. People
1: have made it so it's about a, it's a negative your body, yeah. and the way that you look. When it like, is so much more than that. Of
0: course, it's so much more. But the the, the thing is, is what people are missing. That they're like, oh, you would you just want to look good naked? Matter first of all. When we onboard people, if they tell me. If they come to me and they say, Nick, I just want to look good naked. I'm not your guy. Like that's a byproduct of a, that's a second and third order effect of what we're doing here. That is not the primary reason. If you're literally coming here to like, cause I just want to look good naked. You need to go find some 25 year old Instagram influencer that does that.
1: Yeah. Or just get on an app.
0: Yeah. Like that's not even gonna do it. You need coaching if you really want to look good naked. But at the end of the day, you just need to go find somebody that that specifies specifically in that. That's not what we're selling. I'm selling life changing like mindset. I want to change the way you think about things. I want to change the way you perceive the world. I want to see I want to change the way you perceive yourself and your family. Looking good naked is a second and third order effect of those changes. Right. I want to get like you said, I want to get to the root cause. I don't want to treat the symptom. I want to create I want to treat the disease. Yeah. That's what I want to treat.
1: Because ultimately for me, my depression and anxiety that I have dealt with throughout my life, I can't say it's centered around my physical appearance because it hasn't. No, but you, the attributing you, factors of me wanting to live this fit, healthy lifestyle and not, yeah. like constantly going against my own sense of self and what I valued made me Right. Hate myself. But, made me. But look
0: what happens when somebody like, oh, well, you just, you know, you just, it's all aesthetics and this and that. It's like, no, listen, if I see a guy who's single digits body fats, he, he has single digit body fat, he's got muscle on his body, that person, I immediately know, well, the only way to get that is through discipline and consistency and focus, clarity of focus of an objective. So just by looking at an individual, I can tell. Whether they're lazy, inconsistent, or disciplined and consistent,
1: right over a long period of time, over just, a very long period of time, just like in Tulsa King, um, we—I we, don't know if you watch Tulsa King. It's another incredible show that we like get I'm a
0: Stallone time. Fan. Yeah,
1: huge Stallone fan, both of us. So he says, "You want to see like a certificate that says you went to college for four years? Oh yeah. All that says to me is that you could be one place every day." For four four years, years. turning in assignments on time.
0: You're a great employee.
1: Yeah, you'd be a great person to hire. Yeah. Because you did that. Yeah. So same thing with fitness. But more than that, I think if you can really grasp in your heart of hearts, I think truthfully, like that Socrates quote, it is a shame for a man to go his entire life without seeing the true...
0: Beauty and strength of what his body's capable of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When we go without like putting you die,
0: you die not knowing what your what your real what capability you were capable what of. your body and mind was capable of. That's a fucking tragedy. Right? Yeah.
1: And that's I think what made me depressed was knowing I wasn't doing what I was capable of. You and, do more. Yeah. And I didn't take myself seriously enough to do that. So by coming off of alcohol for me for that six months period, I had such a clarity of focus. I started to become so self-aware of why I had been drinking and what it had done to my like drive. Yeah. It had done to my sleep. It had done to my you know, just overall hormones. I, it was like this huge clarity started to like awaken to me to the fact that like I, that was something I struggled with Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to struggle with it anymore Yeah, and I didn't want it in my life. And simply like for this, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to be in shape and how bad do you want to meet your goal? And I can tell you.
0: Can I rephrase that? Yeah. This is what I tell people when they message me. So if anybody messages me to talk about getting on the go, this is what I'll ask you. Why? Why do you want to do those things? Right. Like, Well, I just want to be healthier. Why? Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want to give people the answer, but like, this is the reason why I'm, I'm going to ask you because when you say, well, I want these things, I want to be like what you said. I want all those things that you said. I. Why do you want them? if you can't come up with a very deep seated reasons why, you're gonna quit on yourself, and I yeah. already know you will. Yeah. And if I, it's if it's the look good naked, that shit doesn't get you out of bed. At that four ain't gonna
1: th- keep you out of the liquor cabinet.
0: No, and it's <laughs> not gonna and it's not gonna get you out of bed at four thirty in the morning to go do burpees in the garage at twenty eight degrees. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen.
1: Right. But you know what? It's got
0: to have a you got to have a bigger reason why.
1: Even the whole bikini competition, it really. I've told people this because they're like, "Did you love it?" And I said, honestly. no I love training for it I love getting the result of being in shape but standing up on stage in my underwear and holding poses next to a bunch of people who they're trying to see if I look as good as the person to the right or left of me and then they're writing it down on a little piece of paper and making a scowling face at me while I smile my ass off on stage in heels and then standing backstage with starving and thirsty and cold as fuck because my body fat's so low and i'm just like yeah no i think i'm ready to go home yeah it's it, it that is not enough reason to to do what i did yeah what i did was for me working towards a change in my life that i'd wanted to see my entire life
0: yeah
1: and seeing it yeah. and knowing that i was capable of it for myself and for my son I wanted to know that I could pull anything off if it meant showing him the best version of me mm-hmm. forever. So I think
0: we should stick to jujitsu competitions. Yeah,
1: right? I loved jujitsu. Even when I lose jujitsu competitions, I feel like I'm on the like cloud nine. I love it so much. I like can't stop smiling. I remember my first jujitsu competition. I just got trashed.
0: That girl beat beat your ass. Beat
1: my ass, yeah. and I remember I was so I was, excited afterwards. Ouch! I was like. I did it! I did it! I did it! I was so excited.
0: She's like, "I'm done." (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm like,
1: "That was awesome." So, that being said, I think that kind of attacks that piece. It attacks the piece of depression and your why. Mm. There's one other thing I want to talk about, and that is anxiety.
0: It's bullshit. So,
1: like you said, if you're depressed, you're living in the past,
0: mm-hmm. right? If yep. you're
1: anxious, you're worried about the future, yeah, right?
0: It's a future pain, future task or pain, yeah,
1: right? Yeah, I've asked a bajillion people, you know, what are you anxious about, and they'll they'll say a lot of different things, but ultimately, anxiety is. A preoccupation of things that haven't happened yet. Right. That might happen. That it's could a fear, happen.
0: Fear of the unknown. Right. Yeah. And what is fear? I gotta get false Tony, I gotta get Tony Blauer on evidence here.
1: Evidence appearing
0: real. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real.
1: So I'll say this: anxiety for me. I started having it probably around 24 years old and it was so real. Like I was having panic attacks, like full blown emergency response to my whole entire body. Um, the chest tightening, the panting, the, f- you know, the full blown, you've seen it, you've heard, I'm sure of lots of people have. I had been in an abusive relationship. Got out of not, it. Not me. Okay, Gotten. not me. Yeah. This is. A, <laughs> this is a, I got married at 19, somebody who was abusive. Oh, right. I can share this now because he's dead and he killed himself. That's terrible, I know. But anyways, he... Um,
0: well, it just goes to show yeah, like what those type of he, people are dealing people, with. People, yeah.
1: he was dealing with his own demons. And so, mm. you know, he was abusive and controlling and crazy. I can say all these things, but everybody who knows him knows... He was in a position to where a lot of that was learned slash yeah. behavior that he he had dealt with people that had done all those things to be abusive to him.
0: Not a victim, but
1: no, but yeah. Um, and so I dealt with that, and getting out of that marriage was crazy. I still remember the night that I ended it. And it was like knocked down, drag out, throwing me through walls and stealing my keys and chasing me through the house and screaming and cussing and choking and like, you know, all the things that you hear in the stupid relationships, people that are like that. Um, and that was kind of when it started. Yeah. I started having anxiety at that point because I felt like I was never going to be able to get out of it because even though I left him he wouldn't stop and i and i felt like i had always kind of thought if i left him it would be done but i left him and he was acting like he wasn't going to allow me to leave him so that kind of was what started the anxiety
0: i don't know if that's the way it works but
1: when you're 20, 20 yeah, years yeah, old yeah, yeah. so that's how it started i started to kind of let those sorts of thoughts of anxiety mm-hmm. And fear and all that, like, come on me at that point. It started to happen more regularly. Yeah. And kind of some of the ways I dealt with that were smoking cigarettes and, you know, um, staying up really late. Cause I sort of had this like thing if I stayed awake, some bad things weren't gonna happen to me because I wouldn't be asleep. I don't know. It was weird.
0: Nightmare on uh, 13th Street, <laughs> I don't or whatever. Know. Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: Stupid stuff like this, right? But throughout my life, I kind of dealt with a lot of panic. And anxiety, sense of feeling trapped, yeah. feeling like I couldn't get away, and so I and I, you know, because you're married to me, there's a lot of triggers for those sort of things.
0: Yeah, I tell you all the time, you're trapped. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, you're trapped. You can never leave ever again. You're done.
1: Um. So, anyways, those are for all- the
0: public. If ever, like, I'm gonna go on the record, I'm never leaving this woman. So.
1: You heard it. She's she's trapped.
0: Yeah, she's trapped.
1: So, again, those were real things that happened that was a real fear, that was a real sense that happened to me, right? So, I'm not saying anxiety is not real. Like, just so, if anybody who's listening and they struggle with anxiety, I'm not saying that your anxiety is not real. I'm saying that...
0: I'm saying it's
1: bullshit. That was a very real thing, though. I
0: get it. You're feeling that.
1: I had that happen. I was afraid. I started to have anxiety. And really, just for the next 15 years, it was like a lot of anxiety for a lot of different things. I did Xanax. You know, I did. I tried lots of different things. Mm -hmm. That shit. I, I think I lasted like a week. That shit made me feel like a drone. Like, I was just tired and I didn't care about anything. And I was like, this ain't it. There's got to be. Oh, man,
0: be. there's so many women that are like, they just pop those pills like it's like it's Skittles. It's just a it's, normal thing. And this is, and, and then, the, then you create. the pharmaceutical, the, the doctors, who should be fucking locked up for it, are just like, oh, you're stressed? You're a mom? Boom, here you go.
1: Right. Okay, then that's going to take here's away some, your sex drive. Here's some and, value.
0: In, well, they don't and, need that. Yeah.
1: And then you're going to gain a bunch of weight because you don't have a desire to work out. And then you're going to have like two twofold. Now you're fat. You have got um, don't want to have sex with your husband and you don't feel like doing anything.
0: And then your husband does what? Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Good luck. Right?
0: We all know how that story goes. I'm not... And con- then he's the asshole.
1: Right. <laughs> I, I'm not condemning anybody who's on meds for anxiety okay i'm just telling you what
0: i'll do it Uh, you're so nice babe (laughs) you're so fucking nice i'm condemning you you're don't be a prozac nation stop popping fucking pills there's other solutions go to the fucking gym get an ice bath yes
1: all i'm saying is
0: take some action over your life
1: all i'm saying is if you're somebody that's on them and you're struggling with weight gain lack of sex drive no interest in anything mm-hmm. disinterest in everything maybe it's time to switch maybe it's time to try something else
0: call court yeah go hit my link below go to court medical get your hormones checked get off all that shit get on some testosterone
1: so i'll tell you this too like that was another reason okay so that really started like another reason why i drank because that would help me to chill out right
0: you, it's a, but it's a lie
1: but it's a lie because ultimately then now you're like,
0: not sleeping good yeah.
1: And the anxiety moves to depression, depending yeah. on how late you it is and how much you've had to drink.
0: And then you're crushing cookies.
1: Or you're popping pain pills because sometimes yeah. that just takes the edge off also. So it's like, then you're, okay, I got pain pills because they kind of take the edge off the Xanax. If I'm really hype and I need to take that.
0: And the whole thing is you're just masking your stuff so you don't have to deal with your shit.
1: Right. It's a coping thing. So yeah. you don't have to actually dive in and get the work out, right? Yeah. So, and we can do it for... 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. We can do it as long as you want because they'll keep writing scripts for it. Mm -hmm. and
0: All the way to the grave.
1: Yeah, they'll make their money and you'll be stuck for a really long time. So that moved into, okay, the anxiety issues started to get so bad that I literally would wake up every single morning and throw up. Every day for years, I'd wake up and throw up. And I wasn't bulimic at the time. I was just incapable of controlling my, uh, response to stress Mm -hmm. and anxiety. So it just would come out. Mm -hmm. So that was like, had become so bad that I was like eating my stomach lining up and they wanted to put me on a pill for that. Of course. And so how deep does it go? We're talking about a 24 year old woman, 24 healthy as fuck. On pain pills, mm-hmm. anxiety meds, alcohol, and now they want to put me on uh, an antacid daily. an acid pill, Nexus, or whatever the fuck it is called. Yeah. So now I'm on everything you can think of just to cope instead of dealing with my shit.
0: And how do we deal with it? Go to the fucking gym. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'll say this. I got this book. It's a 21-day brain detox by Dr. Caroline Leaf. It is faith-backed, the back end of it, but she's also a psychologist. and no, There's nothing wrong with that. She talks um, in-depth about understanding your thoughts and your thought life and how your hypothalamus works and how your thoughts create thought trees is what she's calling them, for Mm. neuropathways to get through your brain. If you think the same thoughts repeatedly over and over, that neuropathway starts to create a groove in your brain. Of course. And then your thoughts almost like fall into that hole. (laughs) It's like basically like, so you weren't thinking about it, but... You're going to go ahead and think about it because there's a groove there yeah, yeah. and it's going to, it's going to trap you. So it's, it's
0: I, I I call it, I mean, I don't know if it's a real thing, but I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever said it, but I call it like the, you, you have two snowball effects. You can create a positive snowball effect or you can create a negative snowball effect. That's up to you. You have a choice. You can get up early, be intentional about your day, and your routine and stack wins. Even there are small wins. You know, and I've talked about that. Like I wake up at a certain time Win number one. I didn't cheat on myself. First of all, I don't have a snooze. I'm an anti I'm on an the anti snooze club. So I wake up and I just wake up. That's win number one, weigh myself. Win number two, take my supplements. Win number three, get in the ice bath. Win number four. By five twenty I've got I've stacked four wins for the day and I've all kept my promises to myself.
1: He's changed the water jug out, which is a win for me. Oh, Jesus, that
0: thing. It seems like always, there's always like a, a really inopportune time for that water jug mm, to be right out. Right it's late, late, late at yeah, night. Late, 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 late at night or early in the morning. Yeah. yeah.
1: So all that, I can just say, if you're looking for something tangible, a great place to start is the 21 day Brandy talks mm-hmm. book by Dr. Caroline Leaf. That helped me to understand my thought life better. The next step, that I think probably obviously more than anything is going to change the way you see yourself and that's going to be your fitness mm-hmm. and just overall, like even if you don't look good, you feel better, right? No matter how long it takes. prolonged. That's why
0: I always laugh. Like the guys in the gogi like within three weeks, they're like, Oh my God, I look, feel so much better. I look so good. I look so good. Like, dude, you don't look any different, <laughs> but, in six like, weeks, you will. And the, Yeah, but the thing is, like, on a chemical level, they are feeling better, yeah. so they see themselves differently. So, like, your self-esteem and your confidence is going up because you're getting that dopamine hit. You're doing that positive snowball effect.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, and then third being nutrition. And changing the there way that—and the things that you put in your body, not just alcohol, but food in general, can alter— your state of mind just 100%. by what you're putting well, in your it's body. Just,
0: yeah. It's just, the, you get people just discredit their system. Like it is like fuel. If you put shit fuel, if you go to Greece and put the water gas, you know, the, 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 the petrol that's mixed with water so, so that it's, so they get <laughs> more water. out of it. The cheap gas, your car is not going to run for as well. If you, you know, put the good American, American made mm-hmm. premium fuel in, it's going to run better. It's the same thing with your body. If you're eating, you know, shit out of a box and crushing sugar and, you know, having a liter of cola a day. Oh, my God. um, Whatever it is, your thing and crushing donuts at 10 o'clock at night, whatever it may be, your body is going to run like shit and you're going to feel like shit. But if you do what Allie does and eats a ton of rabbit food and salmon and tuna, tuna and spinach, spinach. You are gonna run like a champ.
1: Zucchini and squash. And
0: yeah, she's always trying to get me to vegetables. I'm like I ain't, I ain't into it.
1: He gets his greens.
0: <laughs> I do get my greens,
1: but ultimately, huge piece of even just the anxiety puzzle.
0: Well, let's let's talk about anxiety in the in the cold bath. Okay. And then I want to talk about um, naps. I got, I got destroyed on social media oh and YouTube boy. about fucking naps on the Real Ones podcast.
1: Okay, so anxiety and the cold bath. You've been doing some research about it.
0: Yeah, so you brought up something. The anxiety for me has never been a big thing. Don't get me wrong. I've had a little bit of it, but it's quickly identified, and I didn't start dealing with anxiety until I was a business owner.
1: Right, which is nuts because it's literally like you're going to battle to go like have a bunch of dudes shoot at you and you don't have anxiety
0: zero <laughs> Calm, cool, and collective bro like but no then big you deal get this out is all normal this is normal life
1: and you've got to like <laughs> sign a bunch of business documents and you're like fuck <laughs> this is and, serious like, am
0: i am i moving the needle fast enough holy <laughs> shit this is a lot anyways um so with all that said um I was actually looking into, you know, like obviously like as we deal with clients and and don't get me wrong, I have had bouts of dealing with anxiety. I'm just not crippled by anxiety because I have tools. Um, I have tools that to, to, in place to deal with it and I acknowledge what it is and it and it and I've studied what it is, you know, and it's it is a fear of the unknown. It is a fear of this future task that I have to do. So I started looking into it as far as what it is and how the body responds to it. And I go, okay, this is what it is. And then, and then looking into, as I've gotten more into cold therapy since Iceland, uh, when we did it with half Thor at his house, I post the, I think it was this, his seventh, uh, Iceland Ironman. Oh, wow. I, I want to think it was number seven. I think. Anyways, we did some hot cold oh, the therapy. the one we did. Yeah. When we, when we were there, um, so he was explaining the, the the recovery aspect of it. And so, so anyway, so since getting into it, and, and I was deathly afraid of the cold. So one of the things is for me, I don't, not afraid, I guess, I don't know. I just don't like it. I'm like, I don't like being cold. I don't like cold water. I just don't want it.
1: You're a summer kind guy.
0: Period. Yeah. I grew up in Florida. The Gulf is like 80 degrees or not even more than that. It's like, it's like bath water. Like you you get like in, to be hot. I like to be hot. And, uh. So the cold has been a weakness of mine mentally. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, you know, as I've gotten better, you know, as I've gotten stronger and better, and you know, as I've gotten older and uh, more anti, uh, anti-fragile, uh, that was one of the weaknesses that I wanted to kill. So, boom, right into the ice, like started getting ice baths. Not only that, but I'm getting older and recovery is a little bit and more of takes a little more action. So I'm more, you know, being more in, in, intentional about my recovery. And that's a big part of it. So looking into what ice baths and particularly like what Cold Plunge has been putting out of, you know, a lot of different data about depression and, you know, how it's not curing, but how it's treating people with like autism and anxiety and all this kind of stuff. So we were looking, you and I were talking about it and what getting a person into the ice triggers. The same physical and mental response that an anxiety attack does. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you get in, you immediately can't breathe. Panic. It's immediately fight or flight. Like your flight response goes in like this is I'm freaking out. I can't breathe. I have to get out. So... It's an amazing tool because for somebody who's dealing with an anxiety, it gives you a. Because anxiety is not a physical problem that you have to solve. It is. It is a physical. It can thing. become
1: a physical thing. Yeah. It,
0: no, it is a physical thing, but it's not something that you can like. It's not. A, it's not something I can tangibly do. It's something I have to think about and process and that sort of thing. But see, when you when you get into the ice, you get into thirty, you know, forty degree water. This is a physical thing that I can control with my breathing and overcome, because so I'm getting a I'm getting the same response, but I'm it's something that I'm physically doing. So,
1: your central nervous system is on fire. Yeah, like so you are freaking panic.
0: out. Yeah, but here's the beauty. So I'm I'm in, I'm triggering this anxiety response by getting into the ice. If I can master that. If I can through breath work, through a coach, through somebody who understands what they're doing, and I've worked with a lot of people on this since I've been doing it. And like I said, I've just I wanted to master this this thing and not be afraid of it anymore. Um you are now you are now getting the tools to deal with the anxiety attack because it's the same response both mentally and physically. And if you can get in the ice and you can control your breath, and you can control your mind. When those things happen, you now go, oh, this is the same thing. I need to control my breath, control my mind. And because by doing that, you become more mentally resilient, and you've just moved the needle in your life. And doesn't have, you don't have to be a champ out the gate. If you get in there and you're like, I'm going to do 30 seconds. I'm going to do breath work. I'm going to do my pre-breath work. I'm going to do breath work in there. And I'm working with somebody, and then I get out of them and work on my breath work, uh, my post ice bath. 30 seconds. And then you do do a minute, 60 seconds. And you work your way up to the three-minute mark. But, I mean, I've done this with grown men. I've done this with kids at the Squire program. 11-year-old kids, same thing. They go internal. Breath work's freaking out. Their breath is freaking out. They're freaking out. Full panic mode and you have to work with them. You have to like get them to see that they're strong enough to do it. That changes everything. So anyways, it's a very cool it's a very cool tool to take something that's a mental issue that someone might be dealing with, put it into a physical problem that they can then solve mm-hmm. and become accustomed to.
1: And, and- then afterwards, feel incredible. Yeah. And
0: that, I mean, take all the, like the recovery and all that aside, just look at it from, if you look at it from just the mental thing, but like, they're talking about like, you know, people that are dealing with autism and utilizing it to, to get them back into their own bodies and get them to learn how to control themselves self-awareness. and self-awareness and things like that. Same thing with, I mean, it's curing things with like depression, anxiety, it's just amazing. And then you add on all the other stuff, the increased metabolism, the recovery, the sleep. I mean, when I started doing it, you mentioned about my mood in the morning.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. You're not a morning person at all. Nope. But you do them. And as soon as you do them, you are.
0: I'm fine. It's like immediately, <laughs> immediately, immediately resets like, like I wasn't even allowed me.
1: to talk to you until you had de- deemed it time.
0: <laughs> well, like, i up like, you can be here.
1: Just don't speak.
0: Just don't speak to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now I get up early and I go do that. And by the time I come out like i'm like hey it's like 5 30 in the morning i'm like what's up guys i'm
1: like hey let's do that let's do the,
0: let's do the let's do the deal yeah you know exactly. what i mean um anyways so that's a that's an amazing amazing tool and i highly recommend everyone doing that um i actually just did a i just did a whole talk with the agogi people um on the three different styles of ice bass and etc but um but anyways so as many, as many people know, I went on the real ones podcast with John Berthanol, and he brought up taking naps. It wasn't even, he didn't even bring it up. One of his crew, you know, they're a bunch of California boys. So they're all super chill. And, uh, one of his boys that he brought up, somebody's like, man, I can't, he's like, he's like, he takes naps. I can't trust a man that takes naps. You know, and I went on this whole thing, you know, he, he went on this whole thing. I went on the whole thing and I'm like, no man, anti nap club. And I, you know, listen, I, I was, I used to take naps, but the thing is with the, with taking naps, it's like, I felt like people do it as like a crutch. Like, you're doing it because you physically, your hormones are messed up. You physically just don't have the... Or
1: you don't go to bed early enough, and you don't... So, like, that's that's the problem I have with naps is, like, it's sort of the cop-out to going to bed on time and getting up early. Yeah. It's like, oh, you didn't so, go to bed when you needed to, and so you're going to just sleep in the middle but of my, the day.
0: My thing is, is, like, the day... And listen, if you don't have objectives, if you don't have goals, you're if you don't vacation. have things... You know, if you
1: take your nap,
0: well, sure. If you're on vacation, absolutely. But my point being is in a a normal day to day life, the world is moving and people are like, you go take your nap, dude. Go take your fucking nap while you're napping. I'm fucking getting moving progress. And then when you're like, Nick, how did you get to where you're at? Oh, you, you remember all that that decade that you were napping? I was fucking working. Yeah, I was fucking making shit happen. And they're like, "Well, you know, you need naps to do this and that." And like, and all these all these health people came out like, "Nap, 20-minute nap." Like, "That's cool, bro. I get it. I believe I believe all of you. I think all of you are correct." There is a lot of health benefits to a 20-minute nap. Einstein took naps, blah 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 blah. Listen. I don't give a shit. I'm not taking naps because I got shit to do. Right. I have more important things to do than taking a 20-minute nap. If I if I feel like I'm I'm tired in the middle of the day, I'll go fucking jump in the, in the cold plunge <laughs> or I'll go do a freaking shot of BP and in focus or something Yeah, like I got shit to do because that 20, 30 minutes that I, that I would be napping, I can accomplish so much more. And then by the end of that day, and if I'm, if I get that stuff accomplished now, I'm not working later and I can be with you and, and the kids and, and I'm like, okay, I feel like I got all that stuff done. The one caveat to the, the, the caveat to that is every once in a while, not every once in a while, if this woman catches me on a Sunday in the middle of the day and we do our marital, we we bang, listen, it's, I can't help it. I'm what passing.
1: is that? It's the tryptophan.
0: It's tryptophan. It's like, it's like straight up. There's nothing I can do. You zap my But energy. I feel
1: amazing and I'm ready to party. You're out
0: and you're like, I'm, I'm like, you're, you have all the energy in the world and I'm like, I physically cannot move. You stole it. You stole it. So there's a the caveat, guys. That I'm coming clean. <laughs> I'm coming clean there. Uh,
1: to be fair, you do put in a lot of work.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's why. Yeah. But yeah, that's if that happens, say on a on a Sunday afternoon, Nick's gonna Nick's, Yeah. Yeah, Nick's, We we should play that song. Yeah. Nick's Nick's gonna pass out. Um, for a little, for a little while,
1: but be somebody that people can count on. And if you're snoozing in the middle of the day, because you stayed up super late and you had to get up for work. And so you come home at four and just crash for two hours and your family's like doing life. And you're just like the guy that's asleep for two hours. So,
0: so that's really what I, we were talking about is like, you know, like, uh, our, my tier one, at gogi client, Tim Esposito mm-hmm. and those cleaning solutions. There you go, Tim. There's your plug. Um, multi-million dollar business up in, up in Ohio. Um, not Ohio. Um, where's he at? Illinois? I think somewhere up there. Um, anyways, he, he, before he came on, he's like, man, I was so tired. I was exhausted. He just did the, he just said it on the last call. He was like, he's falling asleep at his desk. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like your life is so unhealthy and so fucked up that you're falling asleep driving, you're falling asleep at your desk or like, your ex husband who would like he just life exhausted him so much. He would well, come back to work.
1: he hated his job so bad and he dreaded going to work every day. So like he would want to stay up all night so that he could like enjoy life, because he hated having to go to work. So it was like he'd stay up super late. To avoid going to work, but then have to get up at five and then come home and sleep for like three hours every day.
0: And the kids are playing. You're there like life's happening and and, and, he's just checked out. out. Yeah, you're out. That's what I'm talking about, guys, with the whole nap things like life is fucking happening. And because your life is so fucked up, like you're missing it. Yeah, you're missing it. You know, you go down, you on vacation, you want to, you know, you want to train, you want to do things and then you want to take a take a siesta. Go, go, go live your best life me i want to can keep living life i don't want to you know
1: people can count on you
0: uh, yeah. yeah so anyways that's that's my 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 take on the naps the whole world's moving while you're napping <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right guys oh you're done i'm done
0: oh you gotta go get the I gotta uh, go
1: get my child
0: uh, you get your child all right guys well i hope you uh
1: and okay. I'll say this, too. If you're somebody that's dealing with anxiety or depression or any of that stuff and you want to talk about it to somebody, I can give you some resources. You can message me on Instagram at Allison Capra. And I have a ton of resources that I've Great, used. Great, babe.
0: Now a bunch of dudes are going to be sliding up in your DMs. Way to go. I'm just trying
1: to make that money. No, I'm just kidding. Her, no, her uh,
0: OnlyFans links is in her, is in her bio.
1: Stop telling people that. People really think that. So... Truthfully though, if you message me I can send you links to that book or I'll send you some other resources.
0: It's called The Agogi.
1: The Agogi.
0: But you want a plan. Yeah. And take away all your excuses and all your bullshit and, and you really help you
1: and or you can send your wife to me and I'll send her a link to my book How Not to Be a Miserable Cow, which is available on Amazon as well as
0: yeah but don't you sign them if you get them off my yeah or website?
1: you can get them on com or nick's website um yeah. and i'll sign it if you get it from me but if you want it in time for christmas and you want it prime i probably still could get it to you in time for christmas but no, we're good yeah
0: up until the 16th mm-hmm. 17th something like that all right guys you guys know the deal screenshot this tag the always forward podcast tag my wife allison capper and myself we'll share it out as well appreciate you guys um and share this with a friend You guys know the deal. Never quit. Never surrender. Always forward. And we'll see you in the next episode.